This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, September 7th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, public health observes a changing season. Town Council looks to zhuzh boards and commissions. Community conversations focus on heartfelt communication. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, the Egner Fire Protection District lifted its Stage 1 fire restrictions on Thursday. Fire restrictions in the area had been in place since mid-July. Have you felt the distinct chill in the morning air? The bite of autumn which settles in each night? You're not the only one. Over at the San Miguel County Public Health Department, they've been having conversations about the coming season. And it's about uh, stress and um, topics and how to really prepare for winter and stress and uh, darkness and loneliness. That's Grace Franklin, the public health director, addressing the Board of County Commissioners this week. Public health comes with all sorts of seasonal transitions. A big one is addressing those mental health concerns which often arrive in the Box Canyon alongside winter's darkness. Then, of course, there's the infectious disease forecast and COVID. Franklin brought some COVID forecasts before the commissioners. And really the key takeaway here is on the left side of the graph is just there's going to be a wave. And we should be expecting more COVID as we enter these cooler months. The state of Colorado, perhaps no surprise here, has already been experiencing a summer COVID bump. But we have seen an increase in cases and hospitalizations statewide um, due to a couple of different subvariants, including EG.5. Um, it's just a small wave in the grand scheme of things, but um, still uh, is impacting our community's health. The variant EG.5 will soon be joined by the subvariant BA2.86, which could wreak further havoc. But immunity and vaccine effectiveness appear to be holding strong. Locally, Franklin says there's a bit of a COVID wave here in Telluride. It's not quite as high as what we saw last summer, but it's much higher than what we've seen over the last several months. Um, So there is a big impact there. The trifecta of seasonal vaccines, RSV, COVID, and flu, will soon be rolling out to provide the best protections against sickness for one and all. Stay tuned for locations and dates to receive immunizations. Franklin says those shots are important for school-aged children. She pointed to statistics which show immunization rates amongst Colorado kids are on the decline. You could see every single childhood vaccine um, required for K-12 has had a decline in fully immunized rates and then an increase in exemption rates. Between infectious disease and mental health difficulties, there can be much to dread with the coming winter, but public health will be on hand with resources throughout the transitions. The town of Telluride is looking to make changes to its structure and eligibility when it comes to boards and commissions. You may recall at the 2021 regular municipal election, council referred a charter amendment to the ballot to remove the clause in our charter that says that um, boards and commissions shall not have term limits so that council could discuss adding term limits to boards and commissions. That's Telluride Town Clerk Tiffany Cavanaugh speaking at a town council budget meeting this week. 
Currently, there are individuals serving on Telluride boards and commissions that have been in those positions for 10, 20, even 40 years. There were two occasions this year where we had new applicants that applied for boards or commissions, but after they saw in the packet that the incumbent had applied, they withdrew their application. So I think it's really difficult position for a member of the public to go up against a long tenured you know, incumbent on a border commission. Still, Kavanaugh urges council to consider potential challenges to filling a commission seat, the learning curve of stepping on to a new board or commission, and the institutional knowledge that comes with having experienced members. In addition to term limits specifically, Kavanaugh also presented a number of other potential shifts or changes to the makeup of boards and commissions, including elector status of a resident. Most seats on boards and commissions require an individual to be a qualified elector in the town of Telluride for a certain period of time. Kavanaugh asks if residents who are not qualified electors should be allowed to sit on boards and commissions. This would allow some of our community members that aren't qualified electors that have lived here for a really long time that may not be qualified voters that are here, not U.S. citizens, that are otherwise here legally, but don't hold a permanent resident card to apply for boards and commissions. We did come across that on one of our boards and commissions in the past few years where there's one individual, not a qualified elector, but because we allowed those county seats um, was able to serve. So there may be more people in our community in that situation as well that want to serve, but are not a qualified elector. Finally, attendance and conflict of interest. Currently, if a board or commission member misses five meetings per year, it's cause for their removal from the board, but they're not required to step off the commission. Right now, um, in order to remove a board or commission member, it requires notice and a public hearing. And often, boards or commissioners are not attending those meetings for personal reasons. And typically, that's not something that we want to air in public on why they're not attending usually a divorce or some health reasons or something like that. So do we want to make it more um, clear that if once they hit the five absences, they're just removed and then they can always apply later. So that seat doesn't sit filled when they're not actually participating. When it comes to conflict of interest, the Commission on Community Arts and Special Events states a commission member that receives any compensation from an organization must recuse themselves from the grant allocation process. Here's Parks and Recreation Director Stephanie Jacquet. From what I'm hearing from case members and what they express to the legal staff is that volunteering is really not as common these days when it comes to special events and nonprofits, that um, it's more common to collect a very small monetary payment. And so that any level of compensation has resulted in more board members needing to recuse themselves from the grant allocation process. During council discussion, members are split on term limits. Council member Dan Enright isn't sure they'll help. We've had trouble filling positions. I think there's a lot of value and experience and expertise, and we have a limited pool that grows more limited every year. So I'm generally against them. If we do implement it, I would want it to be a pretty high bar. Council member Adrian Christie is in full support. I am passionately for term limits. I think that it's important for people to step aside and the vacancy implies a need for, for newness. And without the vacancy, you don't get newness and people need to step aside and let young people in our community or other ages rise to the occasion. And if we don't 
set that as a precedent in our community, then it won't happen. Overall, council did support term limits with likely eight to 10 years, depending on the board. Board members who are termed out would also be allowed to apply for the position again after taking at least one term off. Council was also in support of removing the requirement that a member be a qualified elector. An applicant for a town seat would need to be a resident of Telluride and a resident of the Telluride School District for a certain period of time. Council supports automatically removing a board or commission member if they miss more than five meetings per year, rather than sending them through a public hearing process. Finally, council members also support keeping a requirement that case members recuse themselves for any amount of payment from an organization. Council member Christie again. I think even people who don't have a monetary stake in an organization still have like per- personal stakes and opinions on case. And so regard the line is going to be hard to draw regardless and where we have consistency in our rules, we should maintain that consistency. Council will need to pass an ordinance for any of the changes to boards and commissions to go into effect. Staff will bring back more finalized recommendations on the changes. Town Council could vote later this fall. Sometimes some of the most important topics of conversation are the hardest. But the Wilkinson Public Library, in collaboration with Tri-County Health Networks and Miguel County Public Health and many more, is offering a space to make those tough conversations hopefully a little easier. One of the things with our community conversations is really modeling the way to have nonviolent, compassionate uh, communication, one where we are empathetic, we are with the person, we are practicing um, this kind of like full presence when we're listening to someone. And that's hard to do a lot of times. That's Tabasim Siddiqui, Policy and Advocacy Manager at Tri-County Health Network, and the leader of this month's Community Conversation, looking at heartfelt communication. This is a workshop we're going to be working on together. I think it's really um, important as part of this whole series. It's going to be really um, interactive as all of our sessions. It's bilingual. We have Spanish interpretation available. The library started the Community Conversation series last year in response to the Healthy Kids Colorado survey. Joanna Yonder, adult program specialist at the Wilkinson Public Library, helped to spearhead the effort. began with thinking about how youth are affected in our community, but it actually very swiftly showed us um, from community input that that starts with people of all ages. So it starts with adults modeling healthy behavior. It starts with um, community entities coming together to support young people and, and create a healthy community together. Over the course of the series, conversations have surrounded mental health, sex ed, substance use. Feminist author Audre Lorde has a quote that I love where she talks about, uh, she says there is no such thing as a single issue struggle because we are not single issue individuals. And it turns out when you start to talk about any one difficult thing in your community, you start talking about it all. And so this series has become just like a massive um, supportive series of people kind of seeing each other. After a summer break, the conversations are back. Siddiqui says the goal of the workshop is to further develop that sense of community. Everything that happens in their community, whether we're directly impacted or not, it still affects us. Um, if we really... This is one of the reasons why I'm having this particular workshop. When we open our hearts and there are things that we can do to literally open the hearts of another person and also close the heart of the person. When we literally have our, op- our hearts open to each other, I feel your pain. If you're suffering, I am also suffering. 
right? And so we really want to be there with each other here. What is happening for you? What is happening for me? Where can I help? Even if it's just, I'm with you in this. Um, because we cannot thrive as a th- community together if we're not able to address any challenges that we face together. Conversations feature a mix of presentations from specialists, Q&As, workshops, and tangible resources. Catherine Semler is the program coordinator for San Miguel County Public Health. She says while there are a number of resources in the community, there's still gaps in care and attitude when it comes to some of the challenges we face. We need to make those cultural shifts within our community, and that's something that um, conversations and and community gatherings go a long way in in helping. Uh, And again, sometimes, you know, those incredible resources that we have can help individuals, but really changing um, cultural shifts and cultural perspectives takes conversation. The next community conversation will take place on Tuesday, September 12th at 5.30 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library. The conversation topic will be heartfelt communication. There will be food and childcare available. There's something about a family band and Quatuor Girard is no different. Composed of the members of one large family, the quartet was born out of a shared passion for chamber music, with four siblings playing violin, viola, and cello. Coming all the way from France, Quatuor Girard will play the Sheridan Opera House this week, presented by Telluride Chamber Music. Award-winning musicians, the Girard Quartet has played across the globe, from Switzerland to Italy, Belgium to Morocco, Russia, China, and Japan. The quartet has played the Auditorium at the Musée d'Orsay in Paris and Wingmore Hall in London. Quatuor Girard will play the Sheridan Opera House on Friday, September 8th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available at telluridechambermusic.org. The mornings are getting cooler, leaves are inching towards yellow and orange, it's moving towards spooky season, and the Telluride Historical Museum is leaning in. Starting Friday, September 8th, the museum will begin its famous cemetery tours of the Lone Cone Cemetery, exploring how early Telluride residents lived and died in this box canyon. Tours will take place every Friday at 1 p.m. through October 6th. To bring the spook even further, Lamplight Cemetery Tours will begin on Friday, October 13th at 6.30 p.m. Tickets are available by calling the museum or emailing Teresa at TellurideMuseum.org. Colorado has a new poet laureate. Governor Jared Polis announced on Wednesday that Andrea Gibson will serve in the role for the next two years. Gibson is a Boulder-based queer activist, author, and slam poet with six published poetry collections. Here's Gibson reading a poem last year. I was thinking how the straight folks in my life don't always understand why so many of my exes are my closest friends, but my how my therapist says it's the most beautiful part of the queer community, how we've all lost so much family. When we find people we call family, we'll do almost anything to not say goodbye. Gibson's work focuses on LGBTQ plus issues, feminism, and mental health. 
the Colorado Poet Laureate advocates for poetry, literacy, and literature by participating in readings and other events around the state. Gibson succeeds Bobby Lefebvre in the role. There's a renewed push to finish building a passenger train from Fort Collins to Pueblo. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports Coloradans could vote to fund the project next year. Supporters of a front-range commuter rail are eyeing a 2024 ballot measure to approve the funding. Andy Carsian is general manager of the Front Range Rail District, which was created almost 20 years ago. In a recent presentation, he said this project would help counter the traffic and air pollution that comes with a growing population. There is a growing need for a transportation solution along the front range. Existing transportation systems are at capacity and won't be able to keep pace with this growth. By 2050, the population of the front range is expected to increase by almost 3 million. Part of the railway project's funding would come from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, but that expires in just over three years. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser and State Representative Matt Soper recently went to jail. The two Colorado leaders toured Delta County's detention center to witness the success of the county's jail-based behavioral health services program. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KVNF's Lisa Young reports. Delta County is among 45 Colorado counties taking advantage of the state-funded jail-based behavioral health services also known as JBBS. However, Delta County on Colorado's Western Slope is the first rural facility in the state to provide in-custody pre-restoration education for its inmates. You have in Delta County one of the most well-developed, well-executed programs so that when someone comes into the jail, if they have a substance use disorder, they will be given treatment, they will be given counseling, they'll be given a warm handoff when they leave, and that all will make it far less likely they'll end up continuing to use substances and end up back incarcerated. That's Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser on the JBBS program at Delta County's Detention Center. The program is ran in partnership with several local mental health care providers. Weiser was in Montrose for the Colorado Opioid Abatement Conference August 16th through the 18th. During his visit, he, along with Representative Matt Soper, visited the Delta County Jail to learn more about how the opioid crisis is affecting the criminal justice system. The programs implemented in Delta County under the supervision of JBBS Administrator Jackie Felix offer services including medication-assisted therapy, in-custody counseling, case management, and Medicaid navigation. Delta County's program also collaborates with the 7th Judicial District Courts by following judicial system recommendations and managing referrals to rehabilitation facilities across the state. Representative Matt Soper, who also visited the detention center, on what sets Delta County's JBBS services apart from other similar services across the state. And that's the fact that when someone's arrested and they're in jail, we will identify at that point in time if they need help with substance abuse, uh, mental health, or behavioral uh, mental health treatment. And then we will start this um, treatment, or at least start the services, while they're still in jail, with the idea that it will continue after 
uh, they've left jail. So as they're resolving their um, criminal um, case in the courts, at the same time, they're actively working on solving what the underlying problem is. And the majority of individuals who are in our jails have some sort of a mental health problem. Delta County's Detention Center's JBBS program earned national recognition after becoming the first rural jail in Colorado to offer the in-custody pre-restoration education for inmates. For KVNF and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lisa Young. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a blustery night tonight with clear skies and a low near 40 degrees. Expect sun to return on Friday with a high in the mid-70s and winds reaching 15 miles per hour. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low in the mid-40s. Saturday calls for sunny skies and a high near 75 degrees, followed by a partly cloudy night with a slight chance of showers and a low around 45. This has been the news for Thursday, September 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. In all her splendor, gently flowing, let her take you where she's going through a jazz. I may never understand her, but this river is power over me. Hello, Coto listeners. This is April Montgomery with the Telluride Foundation. I want to invite you to a presentation on water, drought, and the future of agriculture. On Tuesday, September 12th, from 5 to 7 p.m. at Telluride Arts Gallery West on Main Street in Telluride. This presentation is hosted by the Telluride Foundation and the Colorado Water Trust and includes a panel of Western Slope ranchers sharing how they are thinking about water scarcity, a changing climate, and the future of agriculture. If you are interested in learning more and engaging in this conversation about the ongoing water crisis and how ranchers and farmers are thinking about solutions, please join us. Again, that's September 12th, 5 to 7 p.m. at Telluride Arts Gallery West on Main Street. But please RSVP by going to the Telluride Foundation's website on the homepage in the What's New box. Thank you, Kodo. This river flows. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.